Welcome to the latest Fifth Step podcast with Fifth Step CEO Darren Ray. Today uh, I'll be talking to Darren Ray about health checks or assessments as they're commonly called in the IT world. So Darren, you were having a conversation with a new CIO uh, getting up to speed with his company's infrastructure uh, and all the internal machinations of politics that go with that. Uh, and you had some simple advice from him, uh, from him on, uh, on health checks uh, and, how, and how he could perform them. Um, so what are those health checks and how do they work? Yeah, Chris, so um, this, um, this newly recruited CIO um, had a, um, a, a large workload. He was enjoying it, um, um, but just a normal day in the, in the, in the chair of a CIO, uh, really, but getting up to speed with things. But he was trying to get his head around the, um, the, the people aspects of uh, the new organization, the politics, um, as well as all the um, IT things. And a key aspect of this, as we've spoken about before on this podcast, is that a modern CIO spend a, an average of 20% of their time outside of IT actually trying to um, um, build and maintain uh, relationships beyond uh, the business. And it's absolutely key, particularly for a newly recruited CIO or a CIO in, the, in a new position, um, to, um, to build those relationships and get that underway. So my simple advice, and I think it's powerful advice though, was to actually... Um, get someone to help you um, by doing a health check. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say get someone to help you rather than to get it done internally is really for two reasons. Um, Initially, um, the internal team is unlikely to have the bandwidth. If they had the bandwidth, they'd probably already be doing it. Mm -hmm. The second reason, though, is that uh, an internal team has the disadvantage of trying to be... um, um, diplomatic or to be able to judge their own work in some senses and sometimes they can be that little bit too close to the woods to oh, see the, yeah. the self-diagnosis the is probably rarely a, a good way of like, protecting <laughs> yeah. your health is it I suppose yeah, I guess you're right wouldn't trust me you wouldn't trust myself to, <laughs> to do that so yeah I, that, that all makes sense but so what so what is involved in, a, in an assessment then? Well, there's a, a couple of ways that we recommend um, going about them, uh, to be honest, Chris, and it depends. I mean, my advice to this CIO was very much around um, achieving what you need to achieve first. So um, create a tier or tiering. Um, now, I suggested to him uh, three tiers, but that was really to fit um, some uh, fairly general um, uh, requirements and advice. Um, but the idea is that contain all the things in the first tier uh, that are the most important. Now, you're probably going to uh, conduct the first tier assessments first of all, okay, as the name suggests. Yeah. So you're putting all the high priority things in there. Now, the general um, uh, the general things that I would suggest that should go into a tier one, uh, things like um, assessing business critical applications, uh, for example. So are they fit for purpose? Are they actually delivering uh, what you want uh, at the moment? You know, where are the... The metaphorical bodies buried, um, you know, with with these uh, the the applications that you've got at the moment. Are mm. they pure in-house written and developed applications? Um, obviously, many organisations um, um, write their own applications and um, have critical business critical applications that fall into that uh, that bucket. Yeah. Where they're not in-house, um, make sure that you're assessing uh, the vendors and the, and their contracts and their ability to. Um, provide resiliency to your organisation. Um, you know the last thing you want is a, a key vendor or um, you know 
vendor of a business critical application, for example, um, to go uh, to go bust or something like sure. that. I suppose um, we've talked a lot about this over the last couple of months, but information security and data protection is obviously a key uh, key aspect of all this. So, what, no, how do they go about? using this approach, how does the health check work in that sort of area? Well, a health check can give you some very simple feedback as to where you're strong, um, where you need to strengthen things, and where you're weak. Um, and it allows you to concentrate on the areas that need improvement. All too often, um, unfortunately, um, teams see the areas they're strong at uh, and continue to work in those areas and continue trying to improve those areas, even though actually they may not need uh, further improvement. Mm. So do, is this a one-off? I mean, once you've performed the health check, do you say, right, they're, they're fit for purpose, they're healthy now, so I can leave them to it and they'll be fine for the next five years? Or In some cases, yes. You know, In some, in some instances, organisations can uh, do that. Um, in other cases where there's a lot of change going on, um, you know, you may want to look at one area, um, you know, um, one year, another area, um, you know, in year two, and another area in in, air, in, yes. in year three, even, yeah, yeah. and that can that can actually play into the tiering um, that I spoke about earlier on. You know, you may want to do your your tier one, your priority items um, in year one or in the first six months, for example, and then move on to things like uh, data quality and data privacy and um, this is you know, tier two, is it? Yeah, 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 and make yeah, those yeah. your tier two items now. Obviously, if you know there's a problem area, um, you know, in um, your IT policies or your IT governance, for example, you wouldn't necessarily leave those in tier two. You'd move them up to, up to tier one. So you have to um, um, you have to adapt the tierings to meet the particular okay. needs of your organisation. But certainly, you could do uh, tier one in the first six months, tier two in the second six months, tier three. Um, subsequently, or a shorter period of time, depending on the size and complexity of the organisation. Yeah, yeah. And what falls into the tier three category uh, then? It can be um, it can be looking at uh, budgetary spend. Um, you know where that falls down. I guess if you're going to do that over a twelve or eighteen month cycle, um, you typically want to be uh, creating your budgets uh, more frequently than that. So you may want to do your budgetary um, analysis ahead of that. Mm. Um, obviously, we're talking now at the end of uh, the end of the year um, in November. So many organisations um, with a a calendar year. Um, budgetary cycle will be going through that uh, that analysis at the moment. So, um, in the case of the CIO that I was speaking to, um, actually, budget uh, the budget cycle was forcing him to look at some of these things um, right now because yeah. he was needing to get up to speed with uh, what had been agreed to, what had been planned, and the gaps, are, or indeed the you know the surplus where he was uh, where he was seeing the the opportunities there. That was a, save money. The word I was going to use actually, funny enough, was uh, is opportunities. So can, can can this help you to identify what opportunities there are out there to help your business to innovate or to become more productive and more efficient? It's not just about you know patch management or oh, infrastructure no. or protecting your cyber you know your cyber walls. I mean, what other areas? Where where are the opportunities? For this? Well, the opportunities really exist, Chris, in um, helping the CIO um, in this instance concentrate on the things that are important. So. Um, the things that are running uh, well, that are fit for uh, fit for purpose, either you know currently or in the longer term, um, those can be left to run and they can work uh, very well. Um, 
knowing that you've got um, something that needs strengthening or indeed something that's very weak allows you to concentrate on that area and actually uh, therefore be more efficient in where you're spending your time and where you're spending your resources. So is this, uh, are we talking about holistic sort of healthcare we're talking here? Is this, you know, the way I, it seems to me you're, you're coming at it from the point of view that this could maybe help to align your IT team with the strategy of the business. Uh, absolutely. Is, that, is that right? No. Yeah, absolutely. The strategy is a is a um, a crucial part, really, to uh, performing a detailed assessment. Now, it can become a little bit chicken and egg, if you like, that um, if you say, well, we can't do the assessment until we've got a detailed strategy, and yet there's no detailed strategy mm. um, until we can uh, really understand where the you know uh, what the assessment is or where we're strong or weak. Yeah. Um, certainly, you, there can be those um, cyclical arguments. In the absence of a strategy, though, you can always move forward. Um, you know, you can always uh, make some bold assumptions around um, strategy and. You know, working with your business colleagues, this is the other aspect and the uh, important part about um, CIOs and IT leaders actually working more closely with their, their business peers is um, the understanding of what the business strategy is mm. uh, then becomes um, second nature. Can um, you run two or three assessments at the same time? Is that possible? Or mm. it... Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So so over, if, over, they overlay each other? That's... Well, they may overlay or overlap uh, one another, but very often you'll be assessing or maybe assessing different things. So you may be assessing um, business applications, um, you know, fitness for purpose, and you may be looking at cyber assessment, or you may be looking at um, doing an assessment of a project, for example, mm. um, you know, a, a large program of work or a large project, um, you know, is it is it really as on track as um, as everyone thinks it is? Is it going to provide the benefits that mm. um, um, that it's felt it's going to uh, to, to bring? Mm. Um, suggests kind of you things. have a sort, of, a sort of scorecard. Is that is that right? Is it as simple as that, or is it a bit more nuanced and sophisticated than say? You know, you've got eight eight out of ten on the on the scorecard. Oh, I see. Um, well, no, it's a little bit more um, nuanced than that because um, if, for example, you're looking at um, uh, a project assessment uh, assessment, for example, you'll be looking at it from a number of different angles to, to see, um, you know, is the project on track? Is it going to deliver um, against its business case? Mm. Um, you know, are the are all the resources available? All of those things that uh, tend to trip trip projects up as well as looking at um, you know is the um, the governance of that project uh, correct you know is this, are the stakeholders involved uh, you know are the, are the communications in place all of those things um, you know from the very uh, simplistic right up to the very right. um, critical aspects so yeah you don't typically get a um, you know an eight out of ten type um, score but you've got um, a document at the end that says um, this is how the the project or the subject matter uh, for the assessment um, um, you know scored or um, added up against or um, looked against uh, um, best practice um, these are the recommendations okay. that we would uh, that we would uh, provide okay so there you know there are different types of assessments I think as you as you've explained but you know what are what are the more common ones I mean uh, I suppose I think you mentioned before, I think you just mentioned business application um, assessments. Mm. So what's involved in one of those, for example? Um, okay, so the, they can take a number of different flavours, but um, a business application assessment uh, may be 
uh, well, I mentioned uh, fitness for purpose. Let's, um, yeah. let, let's take that one. So does the application um, currently um, meet with the organization's tactical and strategic objectives? Is it going to continue to meet their, their tactical and strategic objectives? So where you mentioned earlier on about how an assessment might allow organizations to um, innovate, um, this is a perfect area because yeah. if an organization wants to change the products um, that it's actually offering, um, and yet the business application, the key uh, business application within that organization is stifling that innovation, then, um, uh, then this kind of assessment will um, point that out if that needs further uh, pointing out, but it will also make the recommendations of how to address that and where to um, where to take that. Sure. So an IT health check basically looks at the IT department as a whole, as I understand it, and it gives the CIO feedback on which areas are stronger, you know, those areas that may mm. need more attention. Uh, so, but what kind of assessments, you know, use best practice frameworks such mm. as ITILD and all the others? There are lots of acronyms out there, which I'm sure, are. which I'm sure you're going to list uh, <laughs> in well, some detail. Well, I feel most embarrassed <laughs> to do so, now, Chris. But um, yes. Um, um, yeah, typically, if you're going to uh, assess the whole IT department, then you'll use uh, best practices. Organisations may have their own preferred ones, but um, as you mentioned, there's a whole alphabet soup out there for um, uh, for these things. But um, you know, ITIL, COBIT, ISO twenty seven thousand one for the um, information security, um, ISO twenty one five hundred for uh, project management or PMI or Prince two or um, Lots of those, and um, you know, not to forget DevOps as well. Many organisations are looking to um, looking to DevOps mm. as well. So, uh, or indeed looking to their organisation to see whether DevOps is uh, the right choice for them as well. And um, a, an IT health um, check um, can actually uh, concentrate on that area and actually um, offer some advice. Just out of curiosity, I mean, and, you know, in all the organisations that you talk to. Have you come across people who ignore all of these frameworks and just say, right, you know, uh, I'm just going to go go my own way and do it myself. I have my own sort of best practice approach that I've developed. Or do they, does everyone use at least one of these now? Mm, not everybody. There are organisations who still, um, um, you know, like to think they do it better. That's not to say they, they can't do it better, but... Um, Really, they have to have some reference back to uh, these best practice frameworks, just on the grounds that um, these are lessons that have been, or based on lessons that have been learned. Um, you know, and sometimes um, you know, hard won lessons. Um, so to ignore them completely is actually to um, um, actually to be a little bit foolish. But you know, to have your own best practice, um, mm. you know, which might be based on. Um, you know the learnings of ITIL and COBIT or, or whatever, um, um, but presented in a slightly different way. There are organisations mm. that do that. It reminds me of the quote by the old um, uh, ex-Chancellor of Germany, Bismarck, who uh, is always a quote. One of my favourites was, "I never, never learn from my own mistakes. I only learn from, <laughs> I only learn from the mistakes of others." Well, uh, I, I guess uh, that's um, that, uh, that's that's. That's good advice. Will you be, will you be quoting further? Um, <laughs> further? No, he's the only one I know. No, no, no. Oh, well, okay. hopefully not. No, there was another famous one that hopefully won't be quoting too much <laughs> by, by him, but we won't go into that. That's a, a conversation for another time. In, indeed. Maybe when we discuss Brexit. <laughs> yeah, you tread on dangerous ground, Chris. But, um, so anyway, moving on, moving swiftly on. Um, so we've, we've covered that aspect. Um, now, obviously, the big one of the moment, the big um, worry out there that, um, that we're all, we're, we've all been talking about is you know, cybersecurity. 
uh, and cybersecurity assessments. That's the yeah. one that is on everyone's lips. Yeah, absolutely. And there are uh, ways and means uh, to obviously um, assess your um, cybersecurity resiliency and your cybersecurity readiness uh, again against best practices. And you know whether they be um, you know some of the um, the best practices like Cyber Essentials, the sort of entry point, foundational point, if you like, or yeah. I've already mentioned ISO 27001, um, but also, you know, there's a NIST cybersecurity framework, which um, is more popular currently within the uh, the US, but um, its appeal is um, spreading more wide, you know, more widely as well. Yeah, yeah. And what's involved in a data privacy assessment? Well, um, Okay, so there are a number of standards for data privacy uh, around the world. So depending on where, where you're based, um, GDPR, GDPR is the big one uh, that's just around the corner um, for Europe. Um, we've spoken on, on this podcast about that one previously. Um, but essentially what it does is it looks at the, uh, the organization's business processes, their systems, um, their um, processes and procedures and their ability to keep um, data uh, private yep. and to actually categorize the data and recognize data as being um, you know, personal information um, or sensitive information um, and um, to be able to judge uh, that and uh, provide feedback on what is um, uh, what the organization is doing against uh, um, uh, best practice so where it's strong, where it needs strengthening and indeed where it's weak. So it's not just new CIOs who can't see the wood for the trees there sometimes, isn't it? I suppose all of us, you know, we've been embedded in an organisation for five to ten years. We, I suppose we need an annual refresher, don't we? Well, certainly when I was a CIO, I, I used to um, have um, assessments done on um, my organisation's um, infrastructure and business applications from time to time. Not because uh, I necessarily felt there was anything uh, uh, drastically wrong, but actually I wanted that um, external view to be able to give me the advice to say, well, uh, there is actually some different thinking around, um, you know, around this, or um, you know, many organisations in your sector are, are now looking at um, a different application to this one, or are considering these points, or considering encryption, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but you get that external. Uh, view and that view of um, from the the whole market, which can be useful. It can be something that you can either take on board and implement, or it can be something that you say, okay, well, we're not going to implement it now, but it's an eyes open decision. So you're actively saying, um, you know, we're aware of it, but it's not right for us at this time. Sure. Um, just having been having this conversation, it makes me think. Again, beyond beyond CIOs, I mean, this goes beyond them, doesn't it? I mean, other areas of the business, I mean, HR, uh, project management, and even, you know, this allow a CIO to perform a health assessment on the, you know, at boardrooms or the C-suite level. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, every CEO probably needs to have a, a health assessment performed on, you know, on the, the strategy of the business. Could you apply this to other areas? Oh, you can. I, I mean, the, the whole reason of uh, today talking about, about it from a, uh, a perspective of the the CIO was just purely you know based on that conversation that I had, um, and um, but you're quite right. Health checks and the value of a health check, um, you know the um, the either getting the answer back, um, hearing the echo back of what you've actually said, and um, you know and it's sound and good you know a good policy and um, you know is strategically aligned. Um, you know that's uh, that's reassuring in itself. But equally, if you are getting um, you know an assessment done and it says 
um, you need to improve these areas or that area or something else, yeah. then that too is very valuable information because um, you know you're able then to either plan it uh, as a uh, uh, as a change that needs to be performed, or indeed um, you know um, actively um, ignore it at that point in time. But again, as an eyes open decision. And this also uh, goes very much for uh, vendor and contract assessments, doesn't it? I mean, uh, in this very connected world that we live in, uh, you know, no company is an island anymore. Uh, mm. very much, we're all very much interlinked, and I suppose this is good. It becomes key that you may have to perform all health checks in every company that you have. You know, it's certainly online dealings with. Yeah, I mean, uh, performing a health check is a is a great way of um, uh, starting or implementing your um, your vendor management system. Uh, really, so that um, you know, start from a good base. Um, if you haven't got a vendor management system in place at this point in time, start from a good base. Um, uh, do the assessments. Understand, um, you know, which vendors are good and are um, um, you know meeting their SLAs and meeting their contractual obligations, etc., yeah. etc. Et um, and uh, those that are, that's great. Those that are not, then obviously you've got the the basis of which ones you're going to. Um, you know, have on the pilot for your vendor management system as you um, start to implement that. Okay, well, I think that's covered off most of the things that you know we wanted to talk about earlier, and hopefully now people are going to see the woods and and the trees, or is it just the trees and the woods? I never, I never know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks, Darren. That's been uh, very uh, useful uh, and uh, productive as usual. So, if you want to uh, learn more uh, about uh, Fifth Step. Uh, and its current thinking, uh, please visit www.fifthstep.com and you'll find all sorts of useful uh, white papers and thought leadership and indeed about seven or eight other, other podcasts on, on various things that we've been talking about over the last three or four months. So uh, once again, thanks for your time, Darren, and look forward to the next one. Thanks, Chris. Thanks.